This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers on SiriusXM, channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We are back live in studio taking your calls all hour. So if it's Thursday noon Eastern, you can call us right now at 844-942-7866. We want to hear all of your job search and career questions all hour long. And of course, we're here with Dana Cash and Dion Simpkins who make this show sound awesome every single week as well as make it incredibly fun to be here. So hey, switchers are the future of work. Are you ready to reinvent? What's going on in the world? Well, according to a study by Microsoft, more than four in 10 workers say they're considering leaving their jobs. And in April, a record high 4 million people quit their jobs with the largest in retail, second in professional business services. So you've heard me say it before, the great reshuffle, the great migration, the great resignation, whatever you're calling it, experts continue to predict that the next two years will see a lot of movement in the workforce as employees reassess their values and make new choices about their careers. Are you one of them? Are you somebody who is considering making a career change changing companies, changing industries, maybe even changing geographies. We want to hear from you, 844-942-7866. Or maybe you are a manager who is trying to plan for this. And how are you doing that? What are you doing to retain employees and re-engage your workforce as we come out of the pandemic? We are live on Sirius XM 132. This is Dr. Dawn on Careers. And we would love to hear from you at 844 942 Seven eight six six. So let's dive into today's topics. So recognizing the increasing need to support those who have left the workforce for a variety of reasons, including during the pandemic, Amazon's returnship program offers a clear path to return to work, helping professionals who've been out of the workforce for at least one year restart their careers at Amazon. The Amazon Returnship Program is a new initiative, and the company plans to hire 1,000 professionals over the coming year as a result of this new program. Alex Mooney, Senior Diversity Talent Acquisition Program Manager, has been with Amazon for 12 years, and he currently leads Amazon's Global Returnship Recruitment Program. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hi, Dr. Dunn. Thanks for having me. Well, this sounds like a big initiative. So, so first, first off, tell us. Um, a lot of people have heard the term "returnship" and and things like that. But, but what does it mean specifically at Amazon? Yeah, and I appreciate you leading with that question because one of the reasons why I was excited to to speak with you and, and your listeners today is to generate awareness of returnships in general. What we find is professionals who have taken uh, a break in employment or paused their careers. Um, aren't really aware of the concept of a returnship. So typically, um, you know, within the, the labor market and employers who offer returnships, it's a way for professionals who have a break in their career to ramp back to uh, their profession through a more structured environment. Specifically at Amazon, what we offer is uh, our, our recruiters actually act more like talent agents. And so what, what our recruiters do is they spend more time with the candidates who have paused their careers, helping them brush up their resume, helping them think about the interview and how to uh, provide context to their experience that um, they'll likely draw from uh, during the interview process, which, by the way, um, probably uh, their experience was from years ago. And so they help them prepare for that interview. And then on the flip side, uh, our hiring teams, um, we have a more abbreviated interview process where we assess for potential, um, you know, asking the fundamental question of, have they done it before? 
And if so, those professionals are likely to be able to do it again. And we're here to provide that structured environment of a strong project plan. A, uh, we require every returner to have at least one mentor, an onboarding buddy. And then the hiring team is deeply involved in helping the uh, returners ramp back to their profession. And uh, we, we also understand that the candidates might have a little bit of rust on some of those skill sets. I like to use the example of Microsoft Excel probably haven't been using Excel formulas while you're taking a break from your career. So our teams help them kind of brush off any rust on their skill sets. Uh, they have a structured project plan, and then they provide consistent performance and, and feedback throughout the returnship period with the ultimate goal of the returner converting to full-time employment after their 16 weeks uh, in the returnship program. So, Alex, what what uh, types of roles are we talking about here? Is there a set type of role, or are there different um, departments that are uh, available for this? So I'm excited to announce that we are offering returnships across many Amazon businesses. So this isn't one one business group that has decided to take this initiative. The company is actually backing this uh, through, throughout the um, you know, all of the businesses where we're able to uh, offer the positions with a methodical and structured environment that will really benefit the returner themselves. So we're starting with some of the corporate roles. And so we're hiring for business analysts, we're hiring for financial analysts, um, multiple tech roles, program managers, things of that nature. The reason we're starting with the tech roles is because we um, recognize that what uh, or the reason that we're starting with the corporate roles is because we recognize that what took professionals away from their career is likely still a, a large part of their lives. And these positions afford us to kind of meet the returner halfway. So we uh, the, the roles are 100% virtual. We send the IT equipment to the returners themselves so that they work from the comfort of their own home. And then, um, you know, that allows them, uh, you know, more comfort in ramping back to their profession while also getting used to Amazon in, in what we like to call our, percu our peculiar ways. So uh, we're starting with those, uh, but we are adding new job codes and different hiring locations and different businesses all the time. Well, now, now you've piqued my interest, Alex. What are, what are Amazon's peculiar ways? Uh, well, there are many. Um, some of them include our leadership principles, you know, that we expect our uh, employees to aspire to. We, we have a set of principles that uh, after looking at some of the most effective professionals at Amazon, those, those uh, principles that the people embody really make for strong employees. So that's something that's unique to us. We, we live and breathe those. It's not uh, a plaque on a wall. And, uh, you know, other things are like our emphasis on on the written word as opposed to the presentation. So uh, we are a document-heavy culture, and a lot of that is really designed to allow the individuals who are on the front lines um, to surface their ideas and lead from the bottom up. So we, we have set processes that we engage in when we write papers to really ensure that the best ideas are emerging from the forefront and that uh, we're, we're investing in the individuals with those ideas. Hey, 844-942-7866. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. And as always, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live taking your calls all hour at 844-942-7866. So if you are in a job search and have a question, or maybe you're thinking of participating in the great reshuffle that experts are predicting is going to be starting this fall, we want to hear from you, 844-942-7866. And we're very excited to be here with Alex Mooney, Senior Diversity Talent Acquisition Program Manager with Amazon. He currently is uh, leading their returnship program. So we are talking all about what that is and, more importantly, how you can get involved. So before we get to how, you, how people can find out more about how to get involved, let's just step back, Alex. Why did Amazon decide to do this? I know we, we've talked on this show. We've had people come on uh, who are talking about the career choice and, and a lot of other programs that Amazon has going on to bring people, um, upskill people, I should say, into different roles. And so this seems to be a trend with, with what Amazon is doing. 
It is. It's, it's a different take on recruitment, and um, it, it's really the right thing to do in my perspective. But moreover, the reason that we're doing this is because we are listening to our customers. You know, we um, strive to be Earth's most customer-centric company, and that also implies to how we recruit. And what we're hearing from candidates is uh, just the sheer difficulty of getting back to their profession after they've hit pause. So um, one, of, one of the tenets that we operate by through the returnship program, you know, one of our sort of guiding uh, philosophies is that life happens. And what that looks like is different for different people. It might be you intentionally paused your career to uh, raise a, a family. It might be that you paused your career because you became a primary caregiver. Uh, perhaps you suffered an accident or you got sick yourself. Um, you know, there are a variety of different ways that life happens. And, um, you know, we like to say that life is difficult enough. Restarting your career after you've paused it should not be nearly as difficult as it is. And so our customers were telling us, our, our candidates were telling us that, um, you know, they on average have about five or six years of uh, unemployment or underemployment. You know, they, they uh, have been away from their profession for, you know, half a decade or so. And when they click apply to a job, they don't get the phone call from the employer. Or say they do get the phone call and they go through the interview process, the employers are prioritizing those who have been uh, employed more recently or, or gainfully employed. And so it's just um, really difficult to get back to their profession. In fact, we've come across some studies that show that uh, at two years of unemployment, uh, candidates stand uh, less than a 10% chance of getting a job offer. So what we're doing is listening to those customers and we're saying, okay, let's separate you from the gainfully employed by carving out this specific uh, program and recruitment channel for you. So you interview um, with teams that understand that you have a break in your, in your employment. And uh, they're, while they're interviewing, they're assessing, as I mentioned before, have you done it before? And if so, you're likely to be able to do it again. And so we've removed the competition from those who are gainfully employed. And we're specifically focusing on these uh, professionals who have done it before. And then we're in the business of helping them kind of brush off any rust, as I mentioned, and then just ramp back to what they know how to do and uh, accelerate from there. Yeah, and I, I um, totally agree with that, Alex. We've had a number of, of experts who study unemployment and trying to re-engage with the market, and it, it is very clear that there is a bias in the market. Having some type of gap on your resume doesn't even matter why the gap is there. And, you know, in some ways, I thought the pandemic would, would help more hirers understand that, you know, there are things that are beyond contr- control in many of our lives. But but I guess my, my question, and this is not obviously something that you or I can answer right in the moment, but why isn't everybody doing this? Why is does this bias still exist? And while I recognize that this is likely a more expensive way to hire um you know, my, my thought is, how can we scale this so that more people who either want to come back into the workforce after an absence or maybe want to make a switch because their industry is is shrinking and new industries are emerging? Why are we not doing more of this? And I, you know, I'd love your opinion. I know we're not going to be able to fix this problem today. But what are your thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, part of what we're hoping to do is normalize breaks in in professions. You know, um, it, we're starting to see some of this activity with the likes of LinkedIn, who uh, announced that they are changing uh, their their job titles so that people can select a stay-at-home parent or caregiver, for example, as a reason why they pause their career. And so, the more we draw attention to the fact that life happens and um, that's okay. Uh, the more we'll be able to help um, people feel comfortable in, um, you know, what is transpiring in their lives and feel comfortable with their return to work journey. You know, one of the things that we hear from the candidates consistently is just there is uh, a degree of anxiety. There's a degree of imposter syndrome. Some people feel a sense of shame for not being employed or not being able to get back to the job that they were doing before. And so we want to normalize that. To your point, there is a bias out there. And what Amazon is hoping to do is show how um, 
you know, with a little bit of investment and with a little bit of empathy and compassion, we can uh, create a structure that allows professionals to just get back to what they do best. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are taking your calls all hour if it is noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, have you been out of the workforce? Are you experiencing bias because you've been unemployed for a period of time or just struggling to to get back into the workforce after taking a break for whatever reason. We want to hear from you, 844-942-7866. We're here with Alex Mooney, Senior Diversity Talent Acquisition Program Manager with Amazon, who is leading up Amazon's Returnship Program, and we are talking all about the ins and outs of that program. And next, I want to talk a little bit of Alex about, first off, what's the criteria? I know you started talking a little bit about it, but um, you know, then certainly, secondly, where can people learn more? about it. Sure. So you can learn more about it by visiting amazon.jobs slash returnships. Um, That's our career site. That's where our open positions are posted. And that's where we have a bit of a description about the program overall. Uh, In terms of the eligibility criteria, we are looking for candidates who have one or more years of unemployment or underemployment. So the the unemployment piece makes sense. The underemployment piece I just want to speak to because uh, while professionals might pause their career, say say you're working in finance and you walk away from um, your role as a financial analyst, for example, you may still have a need to generate an income for your family, in which case you might pick up some volunteer work or, or side jobs or something like that to supplement your income. And we recognize that. And we absolutely do not want to penalize candidates for uh, picking up some some sort of income for their family. Our goal is to get the folks back to the career that they had uh, before they hit pause. So can you share um, just so you mentioned financial analysts, what are some you mentioned tech? Can you get a little bit more specific about what what the kind of list of jobs would be for people who are listening? Yeah, we're, we're hiring for at least 10 different jobs right now. So business analyst, business intelligence engineer, data engineer, uh, financial analyst, uh, technical program manager, program managers, um, software development engineers, both front end and back end, quality assurance engineers. Um, so so uh, we're, we're running the gamut of the tech side. And then on the non-tech side, we're also looking to expand it to some new roles, which I'm not able to announce just now. But we are adding new jobs and hiring locations and supporting businesses regularly as, as we uh, rapidly expand the program. And the returnship is for, I've heard you say this a couple of times, people who have been in this field before. So this would not be something that would be designed for someone who's, say, switching a career. That's uh, to some extent. So what we find is perhaps you're a software development engineer and maybe you're not feeling as if you've kept up with your coding, and yet you have a lot of really strong program management and you're familiar with program management methodologies. You might come back as a technical program manager. But to your point, we, um, we are not an apprenticeship program. So we do not have set curriculum and classes and certifications that we provide. Uh, We're in the business of uh, helping people pick up where they left off and and kind of uh, brush up on anything that might have changed uh, throughout their their pause in their career and, and really accelerate on that trajectory that they were on before they hit pause. And so you mentioned that this is a 16-week returnship, that, that it's remote, that people will get equipment sent to their their home location. So can you tell us what else is involved in the 16 weeks? Is it paid? Um, do they get benefits? What what are the other uh, perks? Yeah, it, it is paid. And uh, as I mentioned, we provide the IT equipment. People can work from the luxury of their own home. Um, you know, we have a variety of benefits available, including assistance finding childcare or elder care or um, mental health uh, assistance as well. But I think the greatest benefit that the returners will receive is just the way that we're carving out this opportunity specifically for them so that they can uh, bridge the gap uh, in in their unemployment or underemployment and pick up their career where they left off. This is a very intentional way to help people close the gap on their resume, put Amazon on there, have tangible projects. We we require a strong project plan for every returner that is hired, and uh, they'll ha- so they'll have substantive work and bullet points to add to their resume to really show. 
um, that they they are you know once again practicing in their field and and doing very well at it. So does Amazon offer a role a full time role to people who complete the sixteen week returnship, Alex? That's right. Our goal is for every returner to convert to full time. So we're heavily heavily invested in this population. Um, you know, this is not just a, a temporary assignment. This is a, a bridge for a full-time opportunity with Amazon. Okay. So um, what if somebody decides that this is not the right role for them? Can Would they be set up to work in a different company, perhaps? So this is uh, the, the great thing about this is that it's a low-risk sort of try-before-you-buy environment. We know that Amazon's different, and uh, perhaps you know not everybody wants to, to work with Amazon long term. Um, but moreover, we we know that um, by engaging in this, we can help people feel comfortable with their return to their profession. So ultimately, yes, we do want to hire returners full time. But if they decide that this is not the right opportunity for them, or you know wh- whatever might happen, um, you know they they are able to put Amazon on their resume. We don't currently offer a bridge to other external employers, uh, but I appreciate you mentioning that, and that's something that I'll take back and and talk about with my team. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Business Radio Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. If you want to find out more about the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And hey, we kicked off the show talking about the great reshuffle. It's been called a number of things, but the experts are saying that there's going to be a great migration. People are reassessing their values and career choices, and there is going to be a lot of movement in the market come this fall. Are you part of that great migration? Are you thinking of your next career, trying to figure out what it is? We want to hear from you, 844-942-7866. Right now, we are talking with Alex Mooney, who is Senior Diversity Talent Acquisition Program Manager with Amazon for the last 12 years, and he is leading up Amazon's new returnship program, and we are talking about the details of that right now. So if you've got a question about that, 844-942-7866. So is is this is this program, Alex, up and running? Is it opening up in the next few months? What what is the timeline here? You know, we've actually been hiring returners for the last several years, and so we're absolutely up and running. What we're doing now is uh, expanding the program to new job codes, new geographies, and new businesses. And uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, um, we've set a target of hiring of over a thousand returners over the next few years, and so we're actively working on expanding this. Uh, with with a methodical approach to ensure that the, when we open new positions, we have the uh, infrastructure and support necessary to help the returners really um, be successful. And and so we are actively hiring. So a um, a thousand positions is a lot, but I imagine that Amazon gets a thousand resumes easily um, every day, if not every hour. So what would make somebody competitive? to kind of grab one of these these returnship roles. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right. We do have a number of jobs open and we receive a number of applications specific to the returnship program. What will help people be competitive is um, by clearly calling out on your resume that you are um, underemployed or unemployed. Um, so what we find is, as I mentioned, um, the labor market traditionally has not rewarded people for openly advertising that they're they're not gainfully employed. So what we find is people tend to mask their resume and um, you know show that they've been working as a consultant or uh, volunteering at a nonprofit, for example. And all of that is is wonderful and relevant, and we encourage you to include that experience on your resume. What we're wanting to do is easily identify uh, you to make sure that you meet that minimum requirement of one. Or more years of unemployment or underemployment. So that's first and foremost in terms of being competitive. The second thing is, um, you know, data is a way that we help understand the previous work experiences of candidates. So, um, you know, it helps us understand the scope and scale. So to the extent that's possible, we encourage candidates to include data points that speak to the scope and scale of the work that they were involved in, the impact of their efforts over time, you know, whether it's dollars saved or processes improved, you know, time reduction or efficiency, things like that really help our interviewers understand 
um, really the, the experience and how the, the candidate's experience and how that translates to the positions that we're offering. So to be competitive, clearly call out that you've been unemployed or underemployed for a year or more, and then also include as many data points around your previous experience as possible. Uh, keep in mind that we also recognize that you're drawing on experience from, from years prior. So we're not looking for exact figures. We're looking for, um, you know, a, a, a rough ballpark uh, to help us really understand your previous experience. Yeah. So we've been here with Alex Mooney, Senior Diversity Talent Acquisition Program Manager, who's overseeing Amazon's Returnship Program, a new program to help people who've been out of work or underemployed return to their previous profession at Amazon. So, um, Alex, one last time for people who are interested in checking this out, where can people find the Returnship Program and apply? Um, just visit Amazon.jobs slash Returnships. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining us and sharing what Amazon's doing to help people return to the workforce. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people interested in checking out this option. We really appreciate you being here with us. My pleasure. Thanks, Dr. Dunn. Yeah, absolutely. 844-942-7866. Guess what? It's time for, Dion. It is time for the pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a Quiz. There is always a quiz on Dr. Dawn on careers, and rarely does it relate to careers, strangely. <laughs> and strangely. This, this one doesn't either. I don't know why I went back to movies again. I I know movies, you and I have very different tastes. Very. So, all right, but here we go. Sir Anthony Hopkins uh, won an Oscar for his performance in Silence of the Lambs. Anne Hathaway won an Oscar for her performance in Les Mis. And Ingrid Bergman won a Oscar for Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> Awkward pause. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to she do won an Oscar for Murder. Yeah, we, well, we were just talking about that before the show, weirdly. Um, what unusually, what unusual similarity did they share on screen? So what unusual similarity did all of these Oscar winners share on screen? If you think you know, 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 132, and we will be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Sirius XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We are back live in studio every Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific at 844-942-7866. So if you have a job search or career question, we want to hear from you. And coming up next, we have a headhunter joining the show. And this is always a fantastic opportunity to get the inside scoop, what's going on behind the scenes. But before we do that, we have to answer our pre-break quiz, which is another movie one. Um, here's the thing, Dion. You don't need to see any of these movies necessarily to, really? to know the answer. But have you seen Silence of the Lambs? Of course. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I literally would have to stop the show and, like, drag you. I saw to... the, the, the Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal and Red, Red oh, Dragon, good. I think, was the third one. Good. I saw some of that. Yeah. Awesome. So what about Les Miserables? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. And I, you probably haven't seen Murder on the Orient Express because it was before your time. No. I they, mean, I've seen movies before my time, just not that one. Yeah. They've, they've remade <laughs> it, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. So what? Have I seen Les Miserables? All right. Well, it's very good. It's very good. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what? what is an unusual similarity that all of these actors shared on screen. They all won Oscars for these movies. So it's Anthony Hopkins, Sir mm. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Um, Ingrid Anne, Bergman. And Anne Hathaway. Okay, I don't really... Okay. <laughs> this is probably the wrong answer because I'm not sure where the other two are from, but I know Anthony Hopkins is British. I'm going to say they all did American accents. 
Um. (laughs) (laughs) I like the pause. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yes. 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 But one, the other two are are American. I think so. Oh. (laughs) um, But you know. But this is a hard one. I've re- you know what? I read this on a plane. I went to Minnesota a couple weeks ago, and I was like, wow, this is fascinating. Uh, the, the question is probably a little convoluted, though. Of when course you, it when is. You, <laughs> Dana, Dana, have, have you seen Les Mis? I've seen Les Mis, but I haven't seen any of the other movies. Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> we, we're going to kidnap so. you and force you to watch <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. So I really have no clue. I mean, I guess... Were they, all, were they all the same age at the time that they won? Well, that's, that's interesting. It's not. No. Uh, it, um, <laughs> Just, no. It's something that, that happened sort of on screen that is is kind of wild. But I will tell you because um, this to me is so fascinating that all of them won an Oscar for these movies. And they were on screen for 15 minutes during the entire movie. So think about that for a second. Silence of the Lambs, which has a runtime of two hours and 18 minutes. Only, I think it was 15 and a half minutes. Maximize your minutes. Anthony Hopkins was on screen, which blows my mind. I mean, because you can't think of that movie without picturing right, him. Right. Even though he... he wow. Was, yeah, that, it's that amazing? That may be one of your, 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 your better pre-rate quiz answer backgrounds yeah more interesting <laughs> like than some of the things but Les Mis was over two and a half hours and um Anne Hathaway yeah, I'm not that. no I know but Anne Hathaway was only on for again around 15 minutes and then same for uh Murder on the Orient Express over two hours and Ingrid Bergman was on for like 14 minutes huh that's amazing. Now you're really maximizing your talent. Yeah. If if you're that memorable, but you're only on for like say 15% of the movie. That's pretty amazing. Is that 15%? Um oh gosh, we don't do math on Dr. Dawn <laughs> careers. We just don't. <laughs> that was mean, Dion. I know. I, I think it's around 15%. Anyway, anyway, I thought that was fascinating. It just goes to prove how talented some of, of these actors are to, to really command the screen. So I thought that was a fun fact. That might be a fun one for, for a party. Um, <laughs> hey, guess what? It's Thursday, which means we're live and we're taking your calls all hour long. And we are very excited for our next guest, who is a headhunter, podcaster, and entrepreneur, as well as the author of the new book, Next Job, Best Job, A Headhunter's 11 Strategies to Get Hired Now. Rob Barnett is a founder of Rob Barnett Media and has discovered, hired, and led hundreds of talented creators and executives in senior management roles. A digital pioneer, he founded My Damn Channel, one of the first original online studios and networks. Representing diverse careers, companies, and opportunities, Rob's multi-platform content and no-nonsense approach inspires people to define and sell their best professional brand. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you so much. I was completely stumped by that question. I was <laughs> going to go with a nice Chianti, but you stumped me. That was that was pretty good. That's a pretty good impression. That was a little frightening. Um, but uh, <laughs> so congratulations on your book. That's exciting. Obviously, a lot of people are thinking about making a move and even making a move right now. So um, we've talked a little bit on the show about everything that's going on in the in the marketplace. But what is your take as somebody who's in the search business on what's happening in the market right now? Well, there's a great reassessment and both sides of the hiring table are doing a real deep think on what they need and what they want. And my book is really focused on the ability for all of us to dig down real deep and ask that profound question, what do I really want to do? Am I in the right job? And if not, what's it going to take to get there? That's a hard question to answer, though, with considering all of the opportunities in the market and how things have shifted to hybrid roles and you know, gigs and hustles and portfolio careers. So um, how do you answer that, Rob? We've got three ideas to come up with the answer to the biggest question. The first is 
very spiritual. It's in your heart. It's the one that's completely free of logic. It's Captain Kirk to Mr. Spock. It's the passionate dream that's in there that says, I know what I really want to do. And then everybody says, but. And so what I'm asking people to do is just wait a minute on the but. Don't go right into the but. Stay in the heart and really do a deep think about what it is that you've wanted to do. Then you can move up to point two. Then you can move up logically to good old Mr. Spock and and ask yourself if this is something that you've proven first to yourself that you're really great at doing. And then the last part, number three, is there enough evidence on the resume and the LinkedIn that you've done this? Because my mom raised me to never tell a lie. So, you know, you're going to be judged, as you know, in a few short seconds on the LinkedIn and the resume. We spent hours and hours with every job candidate making sure that those few seconds are written by a passionate human being and not by an academic robot. Yeah, eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Have you always wanted to know what's going on behind the scenes? Well, the best person to ask is a headhunter who is in the market. So if you're in a job search or looking to be in a job search and trying to figure out what you want to do, give us a call, 844-942-7866. We're here with Rob Barnett, author of the new book, Next Job, Best Job, talking about how you can change careers and find a job that really motivates you. So um, obviously, we're in a, a we're coming out of the pandemic, Rob, and, and, you know, things are very competitive in the job market. So so what's what's working best in this new normal? We've started a trick that I refer to stealing second base in a baseball game, but you steal second base before the first pitch is even even thrown. So here's the idea. Take the 1960s version of a cover letter. You know the one, the one that says, I'm thrilled with a proven track record and a demonstrated history of success. And oh, and I'm great at data analysis. Take that cover letter, blow it up, burn it up, get rid of it, and replace it with a letter that may even be longer than a page. And in that letter, put more specific proof that you've done homework beyond what any other candidate has done. In that letter, put specific ideas about what you would do if you were in that role and go ahead and take the biggest swing ever. And don't be afraid to give some constructive feedback and critique on what you think the company could be doing better and how you can do it. That little trick, that stealing second base, is something that's gotten more of our candidates interviewed than anything else because every other cover letter is a generic repetition of what's already on the resume. Yeah, I definitely agree with with making your cover letter count. If you're going to do it, and I think you should do it, it should certainly, certainly count. Obviously, we can't count on somebody actually reading it, but you right. don't want to be the person. Yeah, you don't want to be the person who they're going to read it and then you don't have it. And, you know, I, one of the things I'm going to pull out of what you're talking about is, is you have to really be creative to stand out. And I recognize that the job search is tedious, it's anxiety provoking. You you know, there's a lot of steps, a lot of monotony. But I do think if you're out there and you are searching for a job and you're finding yourself saying, oh, I, just, I can't even write another cover letter. I'm just going to upload my resume and hope for the best. Then you really need to reevaluate your strategy because, um, you know, it, it might be that you can apply to fewer jobs but have a much more creative approach and you're going to get further in that situation. 844-942-7866, Business Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 132. We're here with Rob Barnett, who is the author of the new book, Next Job, Best Job, talking about what's happening in the job search. So tell me about, uh, you talk about North Star. What does this mean to you, Rob? Well, the North Star is that perfect answer. It's the answer inside you that says, I know what I want to do. But I have seen more resumes and LinkedIn's that I can count. And what people choose to do under their photo and under their name 
is a version of butcher, baker, candlestick maker, comma, business development, <coughs> excuse me, sales executive, professional. I believe the opposite advice. I think that people have to pick a North Star, know who they are, and have it there in the fewest vowels and consonants. Because if I'm interviewing at SiriusXM with the boss, that guy, and he looks up over his head during the interview and the roof is leaking, at that one moment, there's only one person that's going to be hired, and it's a roofer. It's not a roofer slash on-air host slash producer slash developer. So that, that, that's, that's a view that runs counter to most of the suggestions I see out there, and I think it's a better path. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 132. It's Thursday. We're live. Take your calls all hour at 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. John Graham. You want more information? You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. John Graham. Or, of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just make sure you send a personalized note to let me know where you heard me. But we have to go to mailbag right now because I know we've been waiting on this one. You've got mail. Hey, Dana, we have the, the mailbag ready. Yep, Aiden in Connecticut emails in, Dear Dr. Don, I graduated college last May and landed a job in a large tech company. After a year of working virtually, I still feel disconnected from my team and the company in general. The company has a typical tech culture, which was part of what attracted me to it, but I feel like I'm missing out, not just on the engagement, but also on general relationship building and informal brainstorming that will be important to my growth here. The current plan is for the majority of us to stay virtual or hybrid. And while I enjoy working remotely on occasion, I'm thinking of looking elsewhere. What should I do? Awesome. Thanks so much, Dana. So we have Aiden, who is new to the workforce, joined a tech company with the uh, visions of of ping pong and foosball and snacks and all of that fun stuff that comes with the, the tech culture. But obviously working from home, you're missing out on a lot of that. Uh, Rob, what's your advice for Aiden? We all have a new opportunity. There wasn't a lot of good that came from COVID, but one of them is that this opportunity to work hybrid and work remote has given us a freedom that never existed before. And I think there's a lot of benefit in that. Yep, foosball is fun. The free food is fun. But I think you're going to see the workforce over the next few years to a point where remote work and hybrid work is an option that a lot of people are going to start to fall in love with as opposed to one that we were forced to do. Yeah, it's interesting because we're seeing a lot of of, uh, different data on this, which is some people are at the ready to quit if their companies force them to go back into the office because they've become very accustomed of to working at home and you know and then we've seen others who are ready to quit if their companies say they're staying hybrid because they miss that office environment and maybe they don't have the the um, space or or environment at home that allows them to be conducive. But I, you know, I, I would say I have a bias on this. If you are new to the workforce, um, I think there's so much you learn from being in an office where you can observe others, where you can get quick, quick tidbits of feedback, where you can, you can, you know, especially if you've not been in new environments for for multiple jobs throughout your life. So, you know, I, I think in Aiden's case, I would, the tech industry is obviously growing. It's a great place to be. And, and I feel like if Aiden is one of those people who feels like he'll be much more productive and, and happy in the workforce, especially the younger generations, because there's a lot of data as well on the younger generation sort of building their their relationships, their friendships around their coworkers. I, w- I would think that, um, one, it might be time to look for something new if this isn't a good fit. But, but two, it might really benefit for the long term for when maybe Aiden wants to, to move into more of a virtual role. What are your thoughts on that, Rob? I think it's a great point. It is. You know, look, there's such a difference in the way people feel about the antiquated concept called long-term, secure, stable job. For older workers, that's a desire that's been with us probably 
since we were raised by parents and grandparents. For younger workers, that is less of a panic attack. There's a reality that things change all the time. So I do think you're making a great point that if you're given a chance to be remote or to be in there feeling it, testing it out, giving yourself a chance to kind of fall in love with with the job for, oh, I don't know, a radical couple of years, then, yeah, you probably, I'm going to say that's the better advice for Aiden. So, yeah, and, and Aiden, if you are if you are listening right now, um, I would say that uh, you have to try it out, right? You're new to the workforce, and that's one of the, the great things that many do when they're in their 20s. They try different jobs. They try different environments. They try different industries, and it's a great time to figure it out because it's really difficult to understand what you like and what you don't like until you're actually doing it. So I would say if you're getting this feeling, then it might be a great time for you to move and make a change to someplace where you can try the other side of it and then you can make a good decision about that. Thank you so much, Aiden, for writing in. Of course, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can you can send a question on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham or you can give us a call 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Rob Burnett, who is author of the new book, Next Job, Best Job. And and kind of on this note, Rob, I was just, you know, I'm thinking to myself, companies are going to have a lot of work to do to, to, one, manage a hybrid workforce in terms of, you know, it's really easy to manage in the office. It's easy to manage 100% virtual, but it's a lot harder to manage this, this hybrid of some in the office, some at home, some in the office half the week, some at home. Plus, I think when you're talking about um, people who are coming into the workforce with less experience, it is there's a lot you learn by just observation of what's happening around you and who's you know who's having conversations and meeting people. So, you know, I think we have a lot of work to do there. But let's let's flip to you know as we're talking about younger workers. I know in your book you cover um, you cover ageism as well, and uh, how can candidates overcome this? So so flipping to the other side of the spectrum. Well, this is a, a part of the book that I really didn't want to write about. I said at the beginning to the people that were helping put this all together. I said, ageism is a prison in our own mind. And in order to break out of that prison, you got to stop thinking about it. You got to be more impressive than the other candidates. But that wasn't going to fly. And the people behind me and the people wanting to pay for the book said, you got to write about it. And so I believe that with ageism, if you think this is an elephant that's going to be in the room, during a job interview, then it's an elephant that you need to drag into the room early in the conversation. If you believe that there's a chance you can lose this job because here comes those horrible words, ready? You're too senior. You're too experienced. You're too out of our salary range. If, if you're there interviewing and you believe that those judgments are made against you negatively, then I recommend you have a conversation early in that process that says, look, I've had jobs that are more senior than this type, had jobs that have paid more than this job pays. But here's why I want this position now. Here's back to what we said a few minutes ago, same applies from the cover letter. Here's a whole bunch of specific reasons by what this company is doing is speaking to what I need to be doing in my career right now. I just think that if you sit there scared, worrying that you're going to be dinged for being too something, T-O-O something, it's on you to confront that and try to win the argument instead of letting it be unsaid and freaking you out for the next two, three, four, five, six weeks. And then they come back and, and say that other thing sorry, we've gone in another direction. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm of the the thought that everybody has some type of red flag. We talk on this show a lot about how the job search um, or the hiring process is about elimination, not selection, because that whole first 
you know, few weeks is about narrowing down 200 applicants to 10 to bring in and then narrowing down that 10 to two to get to the final level and what have you. So I do think it's important for all of us whether we're a career switcher, whether we have a gap, whether we're worried about being too senior for a role, whatever it is, maybe we don't have a certain skill set they're looking for, to really be aware of our audience, what they're looking for, and how we can demonstrate those those relevant skills to get in front of those decision makers. So I think it's a really good strategy for everybody to be thinking about as they approach the job search. How can I not get eliminated in the early stages? And a big part of that is understanding understanding your hiring manager's challenges and understanding how your strengths can solve those challenges. So, so Rob, what can what can people start doing today to optimize their job search? What are kind of a few concrete tips that people can can just start doing that will have a, an impact? I'll start by telling you what you can stop doing if you're listening to us right now. Stop doing random job searching for hours of the day. Stop uploading resumes to job sites without taking the time that you really need to be spending finding out how to get a contact at that company directly. Everybody knows the game, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's five degrees too many. You need the one degree of bacon. You've got to take time to reach out to everyone you know and everyone that you can possibly get to know, LinkedIn is my favorite place to do that. And figure out a way to have somebody, like in an episode of The Sopranos, vouching for you to get you from a cold uploaded resume sitting at you know number 750 in the stack to a person who makes a call to a decision maker and says, do me a favor interview Dawn. I just think that today you can save months of time by just not uploading these blind resumes and turning all that energy into an investigation. Yep. To find the people you can really, really speak to. I agree. And the data the data is behind that. I think about 2% of, of applications lead to interviews. We know that 40% of hires come from the referral pool, which is about 7% of of uh, the the applicants. Um, so all, all good tips. And hey, if you're just tuning in, you missed it. We were talking to Rob Barnett. Um, you can find him on robbarnettmedia.com. And of course, you will want to check out his book, Next Job, Best Job, A Headhunter's 11 Strategies to Get Hired Now. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We wish you all the best with the book. And thank you for helping job seekers in this competitive market. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for doing this. I'm a new, new guy in this world, and I love what you guys do to help people that need the help and need to find the right job. Thanks so much, Rob. Hey, you've been tuning in to SiriusXM Channel 132. This is Dr. Dawn on Careers. For more great information, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham or catch past episodes on iTunes and Google Play by subscribing to Dr. Dawn on Careers. A big thank you to our guests, Alex Mooney and Rob Barnett, as well as Dana and Dion for making the show run so smoothly. And of course, all of our listeners and followers, we are here for you every week and we'll see you next time. Insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.